0: bring it in the read option back here getting you ready for week six in the nfl week seven we're past the halfway point in college football we have picks in both nfl and college we got a whole set. we got five games we're going to pick. Kind of a weak slate in college football, but as we've said in the past, that's usually when chaos tends to happen, as we saw last week. And good news for everybody, the whole crew is back together. We're at the whole band right now. Scotty, Vito, everyone's in the house excited for today's pod. How are you guys doing? You ready for a, another awesome weekend in football?
1: Man, if it's like last weekend, I know you guys said on the pod, but it it was just so wild, like FaceTiming everybody on uh, you guys on Sunday at the end of the one o'clock. Like college was crazy. NFL was crazy. Um, We had a great fight. I hope I don't think the sports weekend will rival it. I rival it. I hope I'm wrong. And uh, and we get another crazy uh, spectacle of of games on Sunday and Saturday. But I'm hoping I'm hoping, man, I'm excited just to just to get back to watching some games.
2: I'm just glad after a three-day weekend that now both of my football teams are on bye this week, so I get to chill out and enjoy football and not stress about it so much. That's true. Uh, Which is nice.
0: That's wild. So both you got the Niners and Penn State's on a bye this week. That's right. Yeah. You're just relaxing. Uh, I have to endure whatever beatdown Tom Brady's going to put on the Eagles tonight uh, as we're recording this Uh... on a Thursday afternoon. Don't even. Don't even. All right, the Eagles are going to – this is the revenge tour for Tom Brady, right? He did it in in New England, and now he's going to do it again in Philly after the Super Bowl. First time the Eagles are playing Tom Brady since the 2017-2018 Super Bowl. Um, Vito, I will will say this. Before we get into the NFL news and notes, and and we're going to touch on John Gruden, uh, we're going to obviously touch a little bit on Monday Night Football before we get into our picks and kind of break down the games. We did not hear your takeaway from the Penn State-Iowa game uh, last weekend – tough game Sean Clifford goes down he's luckily he gets two weeks uh if if your quarterback's gonna get hurt you know obviously it sucks to lose that game but at least you got a little bit of time here for him to recover I thought Penn State was the better team I thought with Sean Clifford they were clearly the better team uh but how did you see this and and how are you feeling about the Nittany Lions here uh going into their bye week but even just for the rest of the season because they have a daunting task ahead of them they got to win out but it's it's still possible
1: yeah, I, you know, I actually feel better about our team after the game than I did before, because in my opinion, when you are going up against the number three team in the country, which we were, and your quarterback goes out halfway through the second quarter and all your backups from last year transferred, you know, this isn't a guy who got a bunch of reps last year or even last summer. It's, it's it, you know, it's a different situation when you have to bring in a backup who has less experience on the road at like, might not be a night game, but it was 4 p.m. So it turned into a night game by the time he got in. Uh, and and you know, at Iowa, crazy crowd, they were going off. We we couldn't get the silent count down, which was embarrassing. That was my only complaint. Is like coaches, you gotta come out of halftime ready for a silent count. This whole clap bullshit. I'm so over as a snap count. I, I hate I hated it back in the day. Like I've hated it since I've seen it at any school, but I feel very good about Penn State and where we can go as a team, and also. Uh, you know, with our starter in, there's no doubt that we beat Iowa, in my opinion. So um, it took a full, uh, I guess at that point, it's probably like 35 minutes or so for Iowa to get back and get ahead in that game, which is pretty incredible. Uh, the defense looked, you know, absolutely championship level. The amount of possessions they had to deal with um, and, and just the amount of time they were on the field. It was so drastic that you, you just can't help but to be impressed. The special teams played incredible um so did i was and hats off to that team they, they won the game um on the one play where it was an old that old john elway type This mike shanahan offense you roll out to the right tight end ends up cutting to the corner they hit him. they won yeah so I, i'm okay though feel feel seriously better about penn state now than i did before and, and i i share the
0: exact same sentiment i Look, I was a little bit skeptical. I was skeptical of Sean Clifford. I was skeptical of James Franklin. But the defense is, is I think, the best defense we've seen at Penn State probably in the last few decades, honestly. Uh, the secondary is is loaded. The wide receiving core on offense is great. The defensive line, I think, has been really impressive. So top to bottom, really impressed with, with Penn State. And I think there's – weirdly enough, I think there's a real argument for people to say that Penn State's the best team in the Big Ten right now. Uh, but, you know, Ohio State and that beast has – Started to turn some things around, some weak competition, but I'm excited to see Ohio State get tested. And that matchup against Penn State in a couple weeks is going to be big. And this is probably going to be our only Penn State talk on the pod uh, this week, so I feel it's only appropriate for me to tell you guys I will be attending my first Penn State football game in a few weeks.
1: What are you going to? What?
0: Penn State, Maryland. They're coming down to D.C. Oh, that doesn't count. No, I know. I look, I'm not saying it's going to be like Beaver stadium. I'm not saying it's going be like to be like being up at state college. Right? You got me
1: so excited. I thought you were going, I, I was, was like, going to go with my you. schedule. That's what <laughs> I was going to be like. I'm going, we're going to go off, but damn, we will, okay. we will
0: have that. But Hey, I will be wearing neutral colors. I have a nice tan beige <laughs> outfit I'm going to wear. I'm going to write on the t-shirt. I hope both teams have fun. Oh my god! And uh, and learn something, and 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 we'll go from there. But I felt that you would be ch- hilarious.
1: Oh. You'll be in that shirt yelling at like, "Why are you running a goddamn quarters defense against this spread?" People are be like, "This guy knows what he's talking about," and he's wearing this t-shirt. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like, "Wait, does this guy actually know anything about yeah. college football?" And it that's it's all well, just Maryland a play, fans don't, man. so you'll fit in. Well, that's what's so great, man. It's because I'm going to be able to piss off both fan bases, which I think if we've learned anything from this podcast is that I love being the villain for college football fan bases. (laughs) Um, All right. NFL news, obviously number one, most important thing. I mentioned it before the podcast Uh, we had finished wrapping on Monday before all the John Gruden news came out. So I did want to take a moment here to talk about it. Uh, I think we all feel like, Hey, there's not a whole lot to talk about with this. I mean, John Gruden said things that you just cannot say. And, and I've heard a lot of rebuttals. I've heard a lot of things that, you know, I, I drive Uber, you know, if you, if you want to know a little bit of more detail in my life. And there was a a gentleman in my my car the other day, he's Miami fan. We're talking about football. He says to me, he goes, yeah, man, uh, you know, I'd love to see Gruden maybe replace Manny Diaz. And, uh, I said to him, I said, you know, I don't think we're going to see John Gruden on the sidelines anytime soon. And, And he says to me, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, you know, I don't know how you feel about all that, but uh, I think it's complete bullshit that he gets fired. And you know, I I understand his standpoint. I understand that there are people out there who say, ah, you know, what did you, you know, he, he said it seven years ago, or he said it nine years ago, or, or whatever. I'm like, well, and, even and,
2: and caught in the crosshairs of a, a, a different investigation entirely.
0: Yeah, and look, the 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 cherry picking of those emails from the Washington football team investigation, them getting leaked, the NFL says they have no involvement in that, you know, all of that, like that's a totally separate subject. And I think we'll we'll find out more in the NFL PA's petitioning to get the full six hundred and fifty thousand emails that were found in this investigation released. So that way people can figure out what the hell Dan Snyder said and the fact that he went after Goodell specifically i don't think is uh necessarily a uh, coincidence as to why some of this got released but what i will add in terms of just gruden specifically is that look even seven years ago 2014 john gruden was in his late 40s early 50s and in 2014 in your late 40s early 50s You should know better than to use that kind of language. You should know better than to, to not, you know, say things that you, you know, are just messed up stuff. And I found it incredibly, you know, funny, not saying that the investigation is funny or what he said, but the amount of people who said, you know, well, would you want them to look through your emails from 10 years ago? Which to me is just an, you're outing yourself as having said horrible crap in your emails 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, if like I, I feel a thousand percent confident you can look through every tweet I've ever said, every Facebook post, every email I've ever sent. And I've never used language like that. I just never have. And the people who say, Oh man, you know, why, why don't we look them? It's like, you're outing yourself as someone who has used that kind of language in the past and saying that that is an acceptable argument is worse shit. And at the end of the day, you, John Gruden used words and offended people that you just flat out, you know, whether you want to say cancel culture or not, to me, this isn't cancel, cancel culture. This is accountability. And regardless of how it got leaked, we know about it now. And there was no respectable way for him to keep his job at the Raiders. Um, And, you know, he lost his job because of it.
1: I mean, for me, I think this whole thing, uh, it's interesting for me because I have to say like, you know, growing up, I think we grew up in a time when there was a lot of things that we, pro- I, I got to say, I said that later on, I was like, what the, like, you know, that's, that's gay was such a prevalent term when we were growing up and I, I'm glad it's not anymore, but like, we all have to look in the mirror and and, and just move forward and, and like progress our society. Right. Like you can't, you can't, if you're stuck in saying, well, we said it back then, so we should be able to say it now and all that stuff, then, then you're part of like, you just need to kind of, changing and keep getting better. I think a lot of people live by that. And that applies to like what you do at work, what you do in your personal life, how you treat people. And I think that's one where a lot of times people said things and did things and they didn't mean, right. They, they didn't actually think about what they were saying. This is a different case where he he's like saying words about people. And and at first I got to say when the first thing came out and he, and he was kind of going at Roger Goodell, and he had some words involved with that. And at first I saw that, I was like, okay, this is one where it's like, you can tell he's 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 not thinking about the choice of his words. And then you start, you know, because I, I I always try and look at everything, both sides and, you know, benefit of the doubt and everything. But I got to say, once you start thinking about it, you're like, dude, you sent this in an email? Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And like, you're an adult. This isn't like a, a Oh, Hey, I sent a tweet when I was 16 and I, I fucked up and they found it later. and I got drafted. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's a, a little, like a chance i not a range of error or something like that, but this is, this is totally different. Let's not, I don't think everyone's all trying to relate their circumstances and what they went through to John. This is different. Just everyone realize that number one, You shouldn't send emails that have language like that. I I won't even swear in in emails, let alone say something like that. I say swear words all the fucking time. So like, (laughs) you know, it's just also one of those moments of like, know what's appropriate at what time in terms of even swearing. And I'm just, just a life lesson. Like whatever you write in an email, make sure to anybody, make sure it'd be cool if your CEO read it, whatever you say to other people, make sure that your parents would be okay that you said it or your your significant other, whoever. Like yeah. just try and be a responsible person, and like, yeah, if you're with your friends and you say like you you have a like oh f you that like like you know yeah you're gonna you're gonna say some things that you wouldn't go say to some random stranger, right? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna talk trash to your boys, but don't don't offend other people. Keep it clean. We're past that as society. Let's just you know and let's there's get even, to the point where we're we, there's other things to focus on.
0: There's even a, an element too where it's like you know, like cursing isn't necessarily something that's going to like make you lose your job, right? Like, right like we were just talking before the show about, you know, your buddies who listen to the podcast kind of giving you some shit about, yeah. <laughs> about not wanting to, you know, you were kind of hoping that there wasn't going to be a tie in, in your tie group chat. Right. Like, and, and there's a way to give each other crap to, to mess and, and to do that stuff with, you know, the whole, like, Oh, it's just you with the boys and you say that stuff without saying hurtful and, and attacking language. And, and I love what you said there, Vito, too, because, you know, what I said to the guy in the in my car when I was driving him, you know, he was roughly my age, maybe a year or two older than me. And, and I said to him, I was like, look, man, you and I grew up in an era because he, he did the whole like, well, what if you or I wanted to run for office one day? And and then all of a sudden, you know, all of these things came out about what we said. And I'm, I'm like, don't lump me in with you personally, because I don't know what you said. And I don't want to be associated <laughs> with that because it's clear that, again, uh-huh. this guy had some stuff he had said. Um But I found it, I said to him, I was like, look, man, we grew up in a generation where our parents and people were coming up where, like the internet was still so new that we got told all the time, be careful what you say on the internet. Like this isn't something like, hey, we didn't get warnings. And I think our generation, because we were young and impressionable, like we heard those things and they, for the most part, they stuck with people. But you have to remember too, when the internet boom happened, it happened for people who were already, you know, 30 years, 40 years into their life. You know, they'd already become where they're going to become. Those warnings didn't mean the same to them, you know, than it does for, for us when we were kids. Right. And it's like, regardless, you still shouldn't say that stuff. Like you still shouldn't mm-hmm. call anybody the words that he called people, you know, and you definitely shouldn't refer to, you know, Damaris Smith as having lips like the Michelin man, which is still a bizarre, you know, turn of phrase to begin with, but it, it was just one of those things. I just, I, I, I sit here and I go like, I don't have any empathy or sympathy for, for John Gruden whatsoever. I'm mm-hmm. like, he, like he got what was coming to him. He was a grown ass man. He knew that internet emails, all that stuff lives forever. We got told that forever growing up, be better. You know, Scotty, what, what do you feel about this? Where's your, where where are you at? on it?
2: It's still to me, it's not, it doesn't have to do with the generational uh, thing, a generational um, uh, hardening of yourself to get, to a point where you have your own set ways and philosophy no people can evolve and change it's called progression like Vito said at the end of the day you lay in the bed you make if you can't grow and change and and adapt uh, the way that the rest of society is moving then um, too bad for you i'm sorry i don't feel sympathy for you for losing your job for using language like that particularly which is hurtful on multiple levels uh in misogyny in in um, sexual orientation and, and among other, and racism, of course. Um, it's there's no place for it. Evolve, adapt, and change. I, I the generational thing is an excuse to me. So lay in the bed, you make. That's it. Yeah.
0: Tommy G, Tommy G will be proud of that one. He's, a, he's a big fan. That's, that's his like expression. You lay in the bed, you make. And you're 100% right. And, you know, look at the end of the day, John Gruden, I think, recognized what he did. Um, you know the 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 last thing we'll say on this, and, and the part that I think made me the most sad was, you know, Carl Nassib coming out as as the first gay football player professionally mm-hmm. helped a lot of people. It, it made a profound impact on people. It, it it allowed thousands of not hundreds of thousands, millions of people who who are closeted, who who aren't comfortable, you know, saying things to be like, hey man, if this NFL player is doing this and he's accepted, you know. That, that's great. You know, I, I feel like now maybe I can say something and Brandon Staley had had a great um, press conference bit about this, which is that people who are uh, oppressed, um, this will create more hesitation for them because of distrust, right? Because you never know what people feel behind closed doors. And at the end of the day, we need to be accepting, we need to be understanding. And I thought what Brandon Staley said about that was was really profound because, you know, it waters down, not by any fault of Carl Nassib or anyone else, but it waters down that the reaction to it, you know, where, you know, John Gruden was so accepting and understanding of it all um, when Carl Nassib did that. And, and one of his players who's sneakily having an incredible season, nonetheless. And now all of a sudden it's like, for other people who go like, Hey man, maybe this person who told me he was proud of me for for having the, the courage to come out. is just lying to my face. And, and that's the biggest heartbreak in this. And, and again, for all the people he offended, it, it's, you know, equally as heartbreaking. But from a pub- publicity standpoint, you know, Carl Nassib is a public figure, took a huge public risk that shouldn't even have to be a public risk in saying what he did. And the guy who I think we all kind of turn to next is like, all right, well, what's John Gruden going to say about this? Naturally, right? In media, that's kind of what we do. It's like, all right, well, this happened. It's great for Carl Nassib. Now, what is everyone saying about it? And we all looked to John Gruden John Gruden was super accepting of it. And then you hear the language that he used, even if it was seven years ago and it makes you go, all right, well, maybe other people are going to be more hesitant now and and less trusting of the people around them because, you know, I I don't necessarily know where you go from there. I I don't necessarily know. And it's, um,
2: hopefully up,
0: hopefully up. And, And hopefully again, this is, you know, the next generation needs to do better than the one before it. And that's the way it should always work in the world. And, uh, And hopefully we see that come to fruition. Um, Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to dive into week six. I know it's kind of a stark transition here, but like there's no easy way to kind of get out of a conversation like that. But I think that was good. Uh, We'll come back. We're going to preview all of week six in the NFL, starting with the Thursday night game that will be going on tonight. But again, by the time you're listening to this, it will have already happened. So you get to decide, are we dumb or were we right? It's one of my favorite things about this podcast. We'll get all of that for you. College football, random life shit, all that stuff coming up after the break. The one third mark. I hate the fact that we have to break oh up God, man. the NFL into thirds now.
2: Do no, I will say this.
0: Like a lot of, a lot of people say this, right? Like quarters and halves are easier to break down. I have always been partial to the thirds, like breaking something down into thirds. I think it kind of makes it a little easy because it's like, it's a more substantial chunk, but it's also it's like, hey, we're only a third into the season. It's like the hockey idea, right? Like you get periods versus quarters.
1: Yeah, it's just the whole thing that like then you're a fraction guy, not a decimal guy. That's basically <laughs> what I learned about you today, Jeff.
0: Hey, you know what? I was never great at math. So uh <laughs> unless it unless it pertained to sports, if they had made all of my math education growing up. In relation to sports statistics, I think I probably could have solved world hunger by now. <laughs> so let's blame the public education system for not in making about sports. So that's that's really who's at fault here. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to start with a Thursday night Thursday night game: uh, Eagles, Bucks, Tampa Bay coming to Philly. First time Philly and Tampa Bay have played since the Super Bowl. A um, bunch of injuries. Got that COVID protocol. Dallas Goddard's not playing. No Levante David. No Antoine Winfield Jr. for Tampa Bay. This is an interesting matchup. And Vito, you were saying in our break there about how, you know, you like living in, in Philly and being in Philly for like Monday night or Thursday night, Sunday night games. You know, games where it's very singular, right, where it's like the yeah. thing on TV because you can kind of hear the echoes. And what I found is, especially lately with the Eagles, is that, they either are unbelievable on a Thursday night or a Monday night or a Sunday night, or they are complete dog shit and there is no in between. And so, trying to figure out from this game, Scotty, you mentioned in that break as well, like this is an interesting betting game. It is because right now, Tampa Bay is only a seven point favorite. I'm shocked by that number. Uh, the Eagles' defense look, they've had a couple guys who've looked pretty good, but they're coming in on a short week and they're going up against the defending Super Bowl champs, Tom Brady. And not only just regular Tom Brady, but Tom Brady with a chip on his shoulder, who wants to embarrass this Eagles team and say, "Yeah, you guys beat me in 2018, but that was, you know, that was four years ago."
2: He's also got a chip in his thumb, so I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, no, this game is interesting, though. Uh, just the way that that this week is broken down, and uh, Tampa missing two linebackers, uh, and then Dallas Goddard not playing today. Uh, because of, uh, I think he's on the COVID list, right? Is that yeah.
0: accurate? He, he caught COVID and, uh, on, on Tuesday.
2: So Zach Ertz, one of, um, I'm going to speak this into existence because I added him in fantasy this week. Zach Ertz, who has been one of Jalen Hurts' favorite targets. He's got a 20% target share. Um, it, it's, it's someone to go to in, uh, in a, uh, pass rush that the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to give you. It's someone to dump off, someone to go over the middle with, with those linebackers missing. Um, it's going to be hard to to take the top off the ball like Devontae Smith has been doing, but we'll see.
1: I think for me though, what, what I love about this game is just being in Philly today. And I'll tell a story about at lunch today. Um, we were talking. I was out to lunch with an old coworker and, and the bartender. We just opened up and we got some lunch. We're talking, and they were saying how you know they can't wait. Everyone had their Eagles gear on already. Uh, the guy I went to lunch with, he's going to the game. Um, and what was absolutely incredible was the bartender saying, do you have a dog mask? We got to bring all this stuff back to having the Super Bowl. You got to wear the dog mask. We got to bring it back to, to you know, 2018, Fuck Tom dilly. Brady. Yeah, yeah. we got to bring the vibes back, all that stuff. We're underdogs, man. No one's respecting us. And just the whole underdog mentality and the city loves that and they love hating on Tom Brady. They love too. hating on anyone, you know, yeah, they were like, bring back Philly, Philly, you know, Unlike everything over, like this over. is 2018 all over again. We need to spank them and come out there. And I was just like, listen, that sounds great. But I just don't see it going down that way. I think there's too many athletes on the Bucks' defense, but it was so fun. That's why I love being around Philly is even if Philly fans don't believe in their own team on game day, like all week, they'll hate on them. all week. And then game day, like I think we're going to pull this shit off like every single one. I look at Jeff smiling. Jeff's like, yeah, I feel that way. Look at this. So because
0: I'm not going to lie, there is a piece of me (laughs) that thinks the Eagles are going to win tonight. There is absolutely a piece of me that thinks the Eagles are going to win tonight. There's a piece of me that goes, Jalen Hurts is going to figure out a way they're going to do it. No question. And this is this is like I wish I could come up with a great analogy right now. And and I'm I'm blanking on one. But just this is the dichotomy that happens in my brain. Right. You know, left brain, right brain, like the two sides of my brain hate each other. (laughs) <laughs> on whenever the eagles play because there's one side of my brain i think the the left brain is like the emotional side right and your right brain is like the analytical side my right brain right now is telling me hey, the eagles have zero chance they're going to get their ass kicked there's no way they can match up with them and then the left side of my brain goes yeah but maybe you know yeah but <laughs> you know the yeah but dot 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 and you know Devonte smith has been awesome jalen hurts uh statistically i'm blown away by his numbers i mean when you talk about total yards gained um total touchdowns completion percentage i saw a stat today where basically jalen hurts josh allen and lamar jackson have almost identical numbers in completion percentage total yards and total touchdowns you know and that doesn't you know it's easy to cherry pick stats too right so that's then the other side of me which is like hey you know you kind of got to be careful here. I don't see the Eagles winning this game. I, I I do not. And I'm going full right brain here for the podcast. Primarily uh, I'm going to be rooting like hell. I'll be more than happy to be wrong, but Tom Brady with a, with a vendetta against, see, now I was just gonna say against the defense. Well, the Eagles defense is better than they've, you know, kind of been painted. There are three starting quarterbacks, right? Two outside and nickel, Steve Nelson, Darius Slay and uh, Vontae Maddox. The three of them are all in the top 50 in the NFL when it comes to graded, uh, according to PFF, according to their grades for cornerback. Darius Slay is number three. Steve Nelson is number 12. And Avante Maddox is like 40-something, right? So you have three guys who can cover. But then you look on the other side, there's no Gronk tonight. But you see, hey, Antonio Brown's still there, right? And Antonio Brown's coming out of the slot. So is Avante Maddox really going to be able to go man-on-man against – You know, Antonio Brown? No, of course he's not, right? And, yeah, you got Chris Godwin. Maybe Chris Godwin gets matched up against Steve Nelson. I've seen Steve Nelson get burnt for multiple touchdowns this year, despite the fact that he's played pretty well. So, as a fan, no question, I'm going to be bleeding green. I'm going to go all in on the Eagles. But we're talking about a seven-point spread here, which feels low. And if I'm a betting man, Tom Brady avenging the Super Bowl, that team – has way more chemistry because that's such an important part of the short weeks, right? Like when you're playing on a Thursday night game, you only have really three days. uh, If that, you know, more like two and a half days to really get a game plan together and continuity matters when you have that few time. I think the bucks have way more continuity. I'm taking Tampa Bay to cover the seven points. The Eagles have also, the Eagles have also
1: done better when I've picked against them. So that has nothing to do with my pick <laughs> at all. But, you know, just throwing that out there. Uh, seven's a lot. A part of me wants to take Philly because I do think they'll make it competitive. But Tampa seems to pull away. They they have in a lot of their close games. Um, so I'll take Tampa to cover. Scotty?
2: Bad pick. I'm going to get my Lee Corso on. I hey, love it. Listen. Listen.
0: Old man Lee Corso. Hey, hey you know, that's, that's, a, that's a bad pick. That's, that's, a, that's, a a, that's, that's a bad pick. Not that's so Tom fast. Brady,
2: Tom Brady is 0-10 against the spread in his last 10 games at 8 p.m. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers wow. are 30-10-1 in first-half covers since the start of 2019. The current first-half cover right now is 26 and a half. This is going to be a high-scoring game, folks. 41-31 maybe, but – I think it's closer than that. I think the Eagles cover the seven points.
0: I love you, Scotty. Also, what a stat. Yeah. Tom Brady, 0 10 in his last 8 p.m. or later starts. That's an, that's, yeah. They didn't cover, no, wait, wait. That can't be true because they covered against the the spread. Yeah, but they covered the spread. Yeah, but they, they covered the spread against Kansas City.
2: No, man. They
0: weren't the favorites.
2: No, 0 10. The well, well,
0: well, okay, so wait, no. The kick, the Super Bowl, kicked off at like six, so it doesn't qualify. There we go. Uh, oh, there we go. There All go. right. I was gonna say no because they were not favored, They were not favorites to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City was the favorite going into the game, and so they de- by definition would have covered the spread by winning. But right, saying that, yes, that's okay. The eight PM. All right, we figured it out. We got there. We got there, boys. All right. Uh, second London game of the year, Miami Whoop. and Jacksonville. I feel so bad for the folks over in a foggy London town, man. You get you get Atlanta <laughs> Jets and then the Dolphins and the Jags. Just, um,
2: just throw them all that crap we don't want. <laughs>
0: we got we got the Dolphins as a three point favorite. I don't know how you guys feel, but Jacksonville moved the ball okay last week. They weren't great, but they moved the ball okay. I, I'm kind of. I feel like the Dolphins are in a full blown tailspin right now. Tua's still not close to coming back. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars might get their first win this week. How are you guys feeling about Miami and Jacksonville?
1: All right. First of all, they are going to cover and win for sure. Wow. And they're also going to do something else for the first time this year. Did you know that the Jags are the first team in the Super Bowl era not to have made a field goal through the first five games of the season? They haven't kicked a field goal. They haven't made a field goal. Have they? Do year. they have oh. any misses? Yes. Josh Lambeau? <clears throat> yes. So I, I am so excited for them to make a field goal, first of all, and um, not only that, win the game. I think they're going to outright win. Wow. Interesting. Um, I like the way that uh, Miami
2: used Miles Gaskin last week. They finally decided, hey, guess what? He's one of our best players on the field right now. And uh, whether that means we're going to run the ball more and get him more involved in the offense or, uh, or let him leak out on, uh, on some of the pass plays uh, and get him the ball that way, fine. Um, so, you know, Jacoby Brissett is not your ideal quarterback. I, I mean, you'd obviously like to have Tua in there as your franchise. But uh, to be able to move the ball like they did with Gaskin last week against a really tough defense in Tampa Bay, I think they, they try to go back to the, to the well there and drop some some even newer and uh, and more interesting stuff for him. So I like the Dolphins to cover the three. Yeah, I'll take that.
0: Dolphins to cover three. I'm uh, I'm with Vito here. Uh, I think I think we see. Look, Trevor Lawrence has made strides. Every single game, Trevor Lawrence has looked a little bit better, a little bit better. This is a weird game and. You know, if you're asking me to pick between Jacoby Brissett, I mean, what has happened to Miami Dolphins' defense? This is a defense that was in the top 10 in the league last year. This is an offense that's supposed to have the best secondary in football on the outside between Xavier and Howard and, uh, and uh, Bryce Jones. Who am I missing? Who, the former Cowboys defensive back who's, who's playing for them right now. Um, either way, this is a team that's supposed to be good defensively. And Brian Flores, It just it just feels like it's just unraveling a little bit here. Miami's been frisky before Jacksonville's been frisky. I, I know it seems dumb because it's always like, oh, well, they're 0 five. They have to get a win eventually. Right. Well, we've learned in the past that when <laughs> whether it's the Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, when teams go off to an, zero and whatever start chances are, if they're not a good team, they're probably just going to keep losing games. The Jaguars have lost 20 games in a row, but you know what? Urban Meyer, I think just needs a little bit of, he needs to change change of scenery. And uh, going over to London, I think might be able to get them to do it. They're playing in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. There we go for all the soccer fans out there. It's just it not is. that's
2: a basketball team.
0: Give me the Jags. Uh, I think the Jags cover the three or maybe even push, but that's where we're at here. One o'clock games, NFC North rivalry: Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. Uh, Green Bay coming off of uh, a tough fought win, one of the games of the week last week against Cincinnati going up against Joe Burrow and now they're going up against a rookie quarterback. The, the noticeable difference without Jair Alexander in the secondary was palpable, but Allen Robinson has not been Allen Robinson in the past. Uh, and, and frankly, outside of being able to run the ball and they did, they ran the ball with Damian Williams, not even using, you know, uh, Dave Montgomery, who's currently injured. I don't really see how Chicago is going to be able to push the ball. The pass rush of Green Bay, despite the fact that the secondary was a little banged up, was really good against Cincinnati. Green Bay is a five-point favorite on the road. By the way, I do want to throw this out because this is true for the Eagles as well. We have eight home underdogs this week. And if you know anything about gambling, a home underdog is one of the best bets you can make. So I don't know for sure but I'd be curious and maybe we should track this for next week. Let's see how all eight underdogs do and see how many cover the spread. Cause I would guess that more than 50% of those eight games cover the spread. And I'm not including dolphins and Jaguars because technically the Jags are the home team, but they're both playing in London. So yeah. not including that we have eight teams. I bet you, they go at least five and three covering the spread as home underdogs. This is one of those games, uh, green on Bay on and Chicago. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, wow. no, I, so you are taking the Bears.
0: No, no, I'm taking Green Bay.
1: Okay. 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 I just it's wanted to, I just wanted five, to, it's one I one wrote a note yeah.
0: down and I had
1: forgotten to mention it to this point. So I just wanted to throw it out there. I love that stat, by the way. I can't, that's a lot, especially this is the first week, by the way, everyone with buys. So mm-hmm. again, you're not going to see as many games as you're used to in the one o'clock window due to the London that's game shame. on red zone. We're only going to have seven games on. Um, oh, and, and the four o'clock windows where it gets tough. There's only three games. Oh God. I know. I We're know. So
2: spoiled. It's,
1: it's <laughs> honestly a goddamn shit. What are we going to do? tragedy. Uh, I don't know how to put it. So international tragedy because the fucking Jags, uh, I blame the I, English. So what, what I have here though, is that I have the Packers covering as covering as well. I, I think it's as hard as a rookie quarterback going up against Aaron Rodgers. I love the bears defense. I love what they do. I really part of me wants to go bears. It's a divisional matchup, but I think Aaron Rodgers has something to prove this year. And I think he's going to do it. He was tearing it up last week. I think Mason Crosby makes all his kicks this week and, uh, and they get the win and I think they cover the five.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want to be on the bears. Um, because that five points is a home underdog is, um, is high for that line and i think that um i think that they could potentially cover i just this is a gut decision green base four and one against the spread this year uh and after the way last week went um where it was for the most part out of aaron rogers hands um and he did everything he could to to keep that train rolling to get them into field goal range and um and Mason Crosby just didn't convert three times, and then converted on the on the fourth uh, fourth times a charm, as they say. So, um, I, it's just t- ongoing going gut. It's going to be Green Bay to cover the five. This is a division rivalry game. I think, Green Bay always shows up for them.
0: I think if you if you all 17 or 18 weeks now, or but for all 17 Green Bay games, if you picked Green Bay to cover the spread, I think they might be the team that would win you the most money at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I have no doubt. Um, because with Aaron
0: Rodgers, like, even if,
2: Dallas, yeah, but yeah, maybe, you know,
0: maybe, you know, they, you know, like I, yeah, there's a bills would be in that conversation as well. Yeah. Um, But I, I just, I believe in, I believe in Aaron Rodgers as much as like, I just right now, even with how good Josh Allen's looked, even with how amazing Patrick Holmes is. If I'm, if I'm trusting one quarterback to cover the spread in the NFL, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. Like I just, I am. I wouldn't start my franchise of them right now if I was picking for the next 10 years, but in terms of trusting them to cover the spread right now for every single game, I, I would pick Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes would be a close second and you'd have Mahomes and, or you'd have Allen and, and uh, Tom Brady probably in that conversation too. But I just, I, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I just will never, never phase on that. All right. Uh, Cincinnati on the road in Detroit, another one of these home dogs, Right now, the uh, the Lions are a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. It's an interesting game, Detroit coming off of a heartbreaker, but what we've seen from Detroit has been hard, hard-fought games, keep it down to the wire, but then they kind of have a letdown usually right after it. Right? We've seen two kind of letdown games from the Lions, especially coming off of hard-fought losses. Cincinnati, they're pissed off about that loss. Their defense, we talked about this on Monday, Scotty, or in Tuesday's pod, uh, you know, just that, that defense is saltier than we think I'm, I'm leaning towards Cincinnati covering this spread, but it's worth noting Joe Burrow is currently on vocal rest. It's like John Mayer in 2013. Like, he's just not a lot. You're not allowed to talk to anybody.
2: Oh, you know, well, he, Silent count.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they just go silent count the whole time. I, I don't know. Um, but it looks like he's going to play. He's just on vocal rest, the throat contusion. Is, a, is as weird of an NFL injury as we've had in recent memory. But even with that, if Joe Burrow plays him, taking the Bengals, if they have a backup in, well, I don't even know who the backup is in Cincinnati. I, for whatever reason, I want to say A.J. McCarron, even though I know A.J. McCarron's been out of the league in a long, for a long time. Um, I, just, I, I just believe in Cincinnati way more than I ever thought that I would uh, six weeks into the season.
2: It is Brandon Allen. <laughs>
0: there we go. We wouldn't love to see a little, you know, Brandon Allen, right? Wasn't he a Broncos quarterback? Uh,
1: you know? He was, was he a back? He didn't start for us.
0: I, th- I think, I think he might've been on that list. I thought, why did I think Brandon Allen
1: started a game for the Broncos? Let me check. I would be very, very sad if this happened. I mean, he came in, I know, cause he was with us in what, 2019. Um. Yeah, I mean he's play. He may have started for an injury, but like it was never. He was never like a guy we thought was going to be a starter. But he may have started. No, but he
0: was in that like that like mosh posh of random ass guys. You know, I
1: I I stand corrected. Three games started. That was there. We go. Late twenty nineteen. Damn. That's great call, Jeff. Great call. Pulled that out of my freaking
0: ass. Anyway. Uh, if Brandon Allen starts, then take the lines and take the three and a half. But right now, I think Cincinnati's the pick. Where you guys leaning right now?
1: Man, I, I I'm going Lions. I'm going Lions, and I just think I've seen enough out of them. And they're at home. And I I maybe it's just I really hope they get the win. Do I think they will? You know, again, maybe not. I, I, what I'm what I'm hoping is that for some reason the Lions have to stall the run game and the offensive line of the Bengals, which We'll see. They, they do have good push for as much slack as they get in his pass protection. And, uh, you know, Joe Mixon's been great, uh, but the lions have, have shown some fight and I think three and a half, you know, they can lose by three and, and still cover. So um, I'll take it.
2: I have no doubt that Deandre Swift is the real deal. And I think as long as Joe Jared Goff is getting him the ball, then there's, no reason not to expect that he won't have a monster year. Um, <clears throat> everything else, though, and TJ, they got to get TJ Hawkinson going because he's had a really quiet five weeks. A um, couple of big games, but a, largely a really quiet five weeks for the volume that we expect him to get as the probably the best ca- pass catcher in that offense. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Cincinnati's just look really good right now, and I and I believe in them. I really do. Uh, They've got a ton of weapons on the outside, and they're three wide receivers. That's one of the best wide receiving cores in the league with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Key Higgins. Higgins is back this week. Joey Mixon is killing it, uh, which is weird. Um, But the hell with it. Give me the Lions to cover. After man, Campbell cries in the postgame, you know they're going to fight for him even harder than they already have. So give me the Lions to cover.
0: That's one of those that can go either way, though. I think I'm like, man, this dude cried after a week five loss? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can see it going either way. Uh, I want to share this quote with you while we're talking about Cincinnati. Aaron Rodgers does his weekly interview on Pat McAfee's show. And uh, he, he said this about what he what he said to Joe Burrow after Sunday's game. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one who's very careful with his words. He's very precise and intentional about what he says. He said this to Joe Burrow after Sunday's game. He said, slide. You're too damn talented. You've got so much in front of you to accomplish in this league. Sometimes you got to slide. I would have said the same thing to Andrew Luck. I think that yeah. is freaking awesome. I just because got again, yeah, yeah. right. Because Aaron Rodgers doesn't say that stuff to people. And I've said this for a while about Joe Burrow. Why? Despite the fact that like, I know he's not necessarily looked at it. He doesn't have the most natural talent and everything. I just, there's something about him that is uniquely special. And it's, it's him, the person. It's the same thing. I'm praying is true about Jalen Hurts that just the person themselves is what is what's going to persevere through the lack of maybe you know necessarily natural talent um, that that will make them into the player that they are. And I hope that's true. I hope that happens for him because I freaking love Joey Burrow. All right, uh, the only double digit double digit spread we have uh, in this week, Houston on the road in Indianapolis, a pair of one and four teams. Man, have things turned south of the Colts. A brutal loss on Monday Night Football against the Ravens on yeah. uh, Monday night. Lamar Jackson, spectacular. I will say this, as someone who... This, this was like the perfect best-case scenario as an Eagles fan was Carson Wentz playing good enough to make it a tight game, but then ultimately losing so that way. Because again, the more snaps he plays, the closer we get to that first-round pick. And at one and four right now, If the season ended today, the Eagles would have three picks in the top 15. Three picks in the top 15 next year. I believe in you. Jesus Christ, that would be amazing. Um, But to his ultimate credit, Carson Wentz played awesome on Monday night. And all the Eagles fans I saw who were dumping on Wentz, you're wrong. You're wrong. You should be
2: rooting for him, too, by the way.
0: I mean, I want him to do okay. Okay. I don't want to get to the
2: playoffs. I want to see them go.
0: I want to see them go six and 11. You know, I want to see them go six and 11. Give me that and I'll be happy. Um, But again, people who are dumping on Carson Wentz after Monday night are just flat out wrong. Um, The the Colts defense ranks in the three worst defense uh, in, in pretty much every single statistical category. They uh, have gotten no pressure up front. Their secondary is putrid, and yet they still won a game and have been damn close to winning a couple other ones, and Carson Wentz is a big part of that. So as a, as a guy who still owns a Carson Wentz charity hat, I have a hat that is from his charity that I wear often. Um, I will always hope the best for the guy. I, I genuinely will. Because I saw the talent. I saw what he can do. He's never going to be 2017, but he played well and give the guy credit. Uh, Right now, Indianapolis is a 10-point favorite against Houston. I know the Texans are rough, but the Texans just damn near beat New England. So either I'm an idiot for buying into the Texans too much or Vegas knows something I don't know and they're just trying to trick me. I'm leaning towards
1: Houston to cover the spread. I'm taking Houston as well. 10 points is a lot, and I don't believe in either of these teams. So I'll go with a close game. Divisional game, I'm taking the points. A 10-point spread for sure.
2: Yeah, the thing is, to me, this division is wide, wide open. And the Colts would get a couple of breaks, a couple of balls bounce their way here and there. They're right back in the thick of things for a wild-card spot, potentially. Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're that good. Uh, I, I, I do think Carson Wentz and you say this all the time, Jeff, what he flashed on Monday night was one of the examples of, this is a great Carson Wentz game, but you're also going to get like 70% crap after this. So like,
0: <laughs> and like the fumble in the red zone that he had, right. You know, cause he only had one hand on the ball, like stuff like that is what gets exhausting with Carson Wentz where you're like, you just led the team down this incredible drive. And then you, you pissed down your leg. Cause you, you only have, you only ever have one hand on the ball, which you can go find John Gruden, Poor timing. Uh, just wrecking him for in his remember when Gruden did like the QB camps and stuff? Oh, yeah, I oh, yeah. love those. He said that it was like the number one thing Carson Wentz had to work on. And 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 look, Carson Wentz still leads the NFL in fumbles from the time he was drafted till right now. Anyway, sorry, Scotty. Who are you taking no, you're, here? You're good. You I,
2: I, I think there's a big game in store for uh the likes of Naeem Hines, T. Y. Hilton might be coming back, which is good news for Indianapolis. I'm really close to cover.
0: Scotty, I'm with you. I'm going to take Indy. Um, I don't trust Davis. This comes back to, am I ever going to bet on Davis Mills? And the answer yeah. is no, I'm never going to bet on Davis Mills ever. I need to be proven wrong five times. If, if Davis Mills proves me wrong five times, then I will entertain. You'll, you'll think about Davis it. <laughs> I will think yeah. about it, but David Cully and Davis Mills, I'm sorry. Uh, they come off of a heartbreak, you know, cause Houston is coming off with of just as much of a heartbreaker as, as Indianapolis is, and Indianapolis' roster is better. So I'm taking the Colts to cover the 10. Um, all right. Rams on the road. East Coast taking on the Giants. Giants are better than a 1-4 team if you've watched them, but Daniel Jones is concussed as hell. Saquon not going to be playing. I, I mean, if Mike Lennon's involved in any capacity, I don't know how the decision goes anywhere, no matter what the spread is, unless it's a hundred. Um, the Rams right now are favored by nine and a half on the road. This seems like a slam dunk. Give me the Rams to cover the nine and a half.
1: I'm taking the Rams, too. This isn't even worth talking about. We all know where this is going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mike Lennon, Fairfax VA. How about that? He's uh, a Fairfax kid yeah yeah Fairfax he went to Westfield? I know I recognize
0: that neck as a Fairfax neck I know he was a <laughs> local kid that Adam's apple
2: <laughs> yeah Westfields high school out here in, uh, in Chantilly Virginia but uh yeah there's nothing there I mean Kadarius Tony's their best weapon right now uh, Devontae Booker I think should have a decent game against that Rams defense but honestly the, the spread no no way uh, that Rams.
0: Giants O-line is terrible Aaron Don. Aaron Donald has at least two sacks. I'm calling it now. Uh, Chiefs on the road in D.C. Uh, tick- you can get tickets for forty eight dollars. Hey, may- you know, maybe I'll we'll flirt around. Maybe I'll we'll head over to Landover and check out. Uh, Go see Patty Patty party- Go see Patty Mahomes in the flesh. Uh, right up your can- fantasy
2: guys, Tyree Kill we- and Travis Kelsey.
0: They've led me to a. Fo- I just want to throw out here. By the way, we we're in the same fantasy league. I I'm five and zero. Oh. And uh, no one, no one's even close to me right now. I I got a two game lead on everybody in our league. So for, and a lot of the people in the league listen to the podcast. So uh, Jeff Marts, James, uh, you know, Omar, John, everyone from our league who listen, be better. Come on.
1: Don't you know, what? I let you have this win because I'm coming for you in the playoffs. You're not going to have shit. I'm Vito, for you.
0: Vito, I beat you by 42 points this week. Whatever, man. Because he lost you know,
1: Saquon. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Even
0: what, like, fake Saquon was going to make up 42 points. Come on. I've seen him. Know. I've seen him Come do on. it.
1: I've seen him do it. Do it. By
0: yeah. the way, I had the last
1: pick in our draft.
0: I the last pick.
1: Oh my God! You get the fucking turn, Jeff. Boo hoo. Okay, it's fucking great. I'm tired of hearing about it. It's such a good spot. I would have traded you. Okay, you're wrong. Right, Can you tell we all have you're resentment wrong. towards Jeff for being undefeated still? All right. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just. All right. What's
0: the next game? All right, Chiefs football uh, team. Chiefs football team. Kansas City's a six, <laughs> only a six and a half point favorite. Washington's defense can't stop a freaking cold. Let alone yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but look, neither can the Chiefs' defense. So, this, the over-under is 54 and a half, hammer yeah. the over. Yeah. And uh, that being <laughs> said, I still think the Chiefs end up winning by a touchdown. Uh, where you guys have this one?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Cool moment that'll happen in this game. They're going to retire Sean Taylor's number. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Very excited about that. Uh, one of the all-time great safeties that, you know, lives ended tragically, but uh, he, he was. Um, of that era of the Dawkins and, and, and I'm saying he's as skilled, but like that Dawkins,
0: I think he was absolutely as skilled Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy Paul.
1: Yeah. All those guys. He was that last like elite safety era of hard hitters, uh, absolute truck of a hard hitter, man. And so the greatest
0: uh, tackle in pro bowl history. Yes. When he just eliminated the punter, I forget who the punter was, but they tried <laughs> to run a fake punt in the pro bowl and Sean, Sean Taylor, you know, uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal, the UFC fighter, he always says when he knocks somebody out, he sends them to the shadow realm <laughs> Sean, Sean Taylor invented the shadow realm when he destroyed whoever that punter was, he, he sent that motherfucker to the grave, that was the gra- one of my favorite hits of all time the only sad part about it is it does feel like it's a PR thing, it feels like it's a hey, all this heat's coming on us about it and, and Sean Taylor's number A should have been retired years earlier than now mm-hmm. agreed um, Cause he was, I mean, as an, even as an, I'm going to say that, you know, but like, you know, I always hate when sports fans are like, well, even as an Eagles fan, you know, it's really sad to see this thing happen or whatever, but like growing up, I love Sean Taylor is my favorite player. I loved Sean Taylor. And um, I feel like this is, this is more of a PR stunt than anything. Nonetheless, it's well-deserved and that dude needs to be celebrated because Holy hell, was he an incredible football player? Look up his Miami highlights. If you want a good, like, afternoon YouTube watch, go look up Sean Taylor YouTube highlights because when he was at Miami, that dude could play. Uh, so you're taking Kansas City, Vito? Yes, sir. Scotty?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think this is going to be a shootout. I, I'm hammering the over in this game. I'm not taking the point spread at all because I don't trust the point spread to hit. I am um, hammering the over because the defense is so bad that each team is going to have to throw the ball. I feel like this is going to be a lot like the Eagles game against Kansas city, Jeff, where uh, Kansas city goes up big and Jalen hurts had to throw the ball. And he just ended up with a monster fantasy day because of it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like Heineken is going to have to do the same thing Um, against the spread. I don't know. I'll take the six and a half. I think Daryl Williams is going to find the end zone fall into the end zone. Really? uh, on one of those goal line plays, um, without cloud evidence, layer out there. So yeah, I'll take this. I'll take the chiefs.
0: Now I will throw this out there. If any, if either of you want to change your mind, Tyler Haneke coming off of a big game or a bad game, his numbers are pretty good. Uh, this dude is Jekyll and Hyde as it gets, man. He's one side, he's the other, but, uh,
1: last oh, chance he'll have a great game, but he'll lose by seven. Yeah. I mean,
2: a good streamer if you're looking for a quarterback in fantasy football. Also,
1: yeah, over city, like Jeff said, over, over
0: city. Over. 24 and a half. This, this game's uh, – both teams are in the 30s in this game, bare minimum. Um, next game, Minnesota taking on the Panthers. Sneaky, interesting matchup here in the 1 o'clock window. Yeah. Minnesota is a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road against Last the second. Panthers. Um <laughs> This is, you know, we talked about the home dogs, all right? Historically, home dogs cover way more often than they don't. I think this one is Carolina covering this one and a half. I think the Panthers win this game. I think they have a bounce back after a couple of rough weeks in a row against Dallas and somehow losing that game to Philly. I'm taking the Panthers and Sam Darnold to, uh, to to do some damage against the Minnesota
1: defense. Is uh, is McCaffrey back? He's
2: questionable still.
1: Questionable. Okay. I, because I, I heard a couple reports that he might be back. I said, no, if there was, Dalvin any more Cook news. will be back.
0: Dalvin Cook will be back
1: in this game. He yeah, was, yeah, but a full, in what
2: capacity? Full,
0: he was a full participant in practice today, which is a huge sign. That's it. Because a lot of that's times, that's the
2: toughest run defense in the league, Jeff. Are they going really to really like workhorse him? Than- they're not going to sit him
1: because they're playing a tough opponent.
2: No, I'm not saying sit him. I'm talking about volume. So if, yeah, if you're, I, not gonna, you're not going to, you're not going to workhorse him when you can have Alexander Madison split carries. No, but I I'm think, saying.
1: but I think that number
0: is misleading, Scott, because they've split carries with him in the past. I because even when he when they split carries with him a couple of weeks ago, he didn't play last week. But the week before when they split carries with him, he was questionable all all week. If yeah. you're a full participant in practice on Wednesday and Thursday, which he was this week. Mm-hmm. That is a very telling sign about where the team's is now. Will it be a hundred percent of carries? No, but it's going to be more of a 60, 40 or a 70, 30 kind of a split rather than, you know, 90, 10. I think, I think Dalvin cook's going to have a good day. Uh, and also the Panthers defense. I, I get that. We've seen some good things out of them, but like when Miles Sanders needed to run the ball, when Jalen hurts needed to run the ball, they were able to do so. And in an offense like Minnesota, that is dead, you know, Dead fast, just like hey, or steadfast on just like hey, we're gonna bully you up front and let Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison push for yards. I absolutely think Dalvin Cook has a bounce back week, but the Vikings defense has a relapse, and that's why I'm taking the Panthers.
1: So, I, I'm gonna say this I was looking, I, I just saw some of this. McCaffrey was limited on Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, which is not a good sign. Went kind of backwards. Also, didn't realize Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen haven't been practicing. But it's a little easier for a receiver in that regard. Yeah, and that can um, be a kind of like rest and stuff as well. Yeah. So I, I'm actually, you know, I'll put it this way: uh, Panthers are three and zero with McCaffrey and oh and two without him. So it doesn't look like he's going to play. I'm going to take the Vikings.
2: Yep. Same. I mean, uh, look, without Christian McCaffrey, what we noticed two things the, with Sam Darnold running the ball, it was incredibly easy because that that schedule at the beginning of the year, say for New Orleans, was kind of cupcakey in terms of letting him run the ball. Um, Minnesota defense is not going to let him do that. And also, on top of that, he doesn't have the dump-off that he can r- rely on Christian McCaffrey for if he's not playing in this game. So I'll take the Vikings at one and a half.
0: So uh, the one last thing I'll add on this game is that, yes, on on the surface, it seems troubling that McCaffrey – didn't practice today even though he practiced yesterday but that can also mean that he did enough on wednesday to feel comfortable and he got a day to rest and and let the ankle recover
2: yeah Um, that's a good point
0: right so like it's so hard from the outside perspective to judge injury reports sometimes you know like you know half the eagles roster can be on quite can be questionable and yet like the only guy that's missing tonight is is yeah dallas got right and 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 that happens routinely in the nfl um if we're McCaffrey, not
2: stefania bell
0: <laughs> yeah exactly we're, i mean god i wish we had stefania bell maybe her dms are open let's check if stefania bell's dms are open to see if she'll come on our shitty fucking pod uh, <laughs> um but no, I'll uh, I'll be interested to see because I think you're right. I think if McCaffrey plays, I I feel even better about Carolina. But even without McCaffrey, like, do you feel that much better about Minnesota than you do about Philly? Because yeah, the pan- I do. Yeah, you think you think Minnesota is that much better than Philly? I do, yeah. especially offensively. Do. Yeah. See, I don't think there's that much of a difference because I think the Eagles' defense is better than Minnesota's. I think the Vikings' offense has far more talent than than Philly does but then you throw in the mobile quarterback and everything else that kind of makes the difference. I don't think those two teams are that far apart. I think Minnesota is probably a, a little bit above Philly, but I don't feel like, I, I said this actually, it's funny that this came up because I said this on, on the pod on Tuesday to you, Scott, Minnesota is a team that I could see beating any team in the league. And I could see losing to any team in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about Philly. Philly could beat any team in the league outside of maybe, I mean, tell they almost beat Kansas city a couple weeks ago. You know, like I said the same thing about the Eagles to you guys, that the Eagles could lose to any team in the league, and I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time with Jalen Hurts, I would not be shocked if they beat any team in the league. So I think these two teams are are pretty close. And that game basically came down to a field goal anyway. You get in the one and a half. I just think the Panthers come out on top this time. I think Matt Rule gets it. Um, The best game of the one o'clock window. A game I'm really, really excited to watch the Chargers, on the road against Baltimore. This game is fascinating because we've seen the Chargers scheme up an awesome defense against Dallas. We've seen Brandon Sealy scheme up an awesome defense against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they should have won the Dallas game. They didn't officiate it. They almost – oh, sorry, no, they did beat Kansas City, and they looked great in doing so. Baltimore's defense is not Baltimore's defense in years past. It's just not. Matthew Gidon losing him this offseason was a huge blow to them. One of the most underrated losses that a team had this year in free agency. The Chargers will be able to move the ball against the Ravens. But what does Brandon Staley do to scheme up against Lamar Jackson? That to me yeah, is absolutely fascinating. And I, don't I think you, go ahead, Scott.
2: I don't think you want to get in a shootout like you did with uh, with Cleveland because Lamar Jackson's a hell of a lot scarier on that side than Baker Mayfield is.
0: He is, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'd make the argument that Justin Herbert throwing the ball is, is as scary as Lamar running it against the defensive coach like Brandon Stale.
2: So Justin Herbert is uh, fourth overall in total QBR in the league this year at 66.2. In the fourth quarter, that drops by 10 points. He's at fifty six. In the fourth quarter, uh, which is crazy because uh, usually in the fourth quarter, uh, especially with the games that the, the Chargers have played, it's when teams are are blitzing to try to get after the quarterback to try to get in the game. That's why the Chargers are four and one. Look, um, That team is absolutely loaded and they haven't even begun to scratch the surface or get the tip of the iceberg from uh, from Keenan Allen who's their best receiver on that team. Mike Williams has played like the best receiver on that team, but Keenan Allen is an all timer. Uh, good Lord. Two and a half. I got to take the chargers. I have to.
1: I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens because they, uh, you know, the amount of yards they get per game is is outstanding. They've had a couple turnover issues. I think they keep it tight. Maybe this is more wishful thinking. I just don't want to see the Chargers keep winning. I'm going to take the Ravens. So the Chargers are the charge. I love that. I love the discourse
0: here, but the Chargers have struggled against the run. We saw it last week against Cleveland. It's a whole different ballgame skimming up a defense when you're trying to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt compared to uh, Lamar Jackson. And I say that in that I'm actually favoring the Browns there. Because trying to stop a running back in an offensive line is different than trying to stop an
1: all-encompassing athlete like Lamar Jackson. I Isn't think No, I mean, you just have an athlete behind the line. Like what I guess what I'm saying is he runs still. It's not like a, a scramble every time and, and they're gonna have QB spies, but like and probably not see as much man. But I do think that like the designed runs they're gonna really struggle with still. The difference,
2: if-
0: the difference is the offensive line. Cleveland has the best offensive line in football. Yes, the Ravens do not, and so I mean the Chargers.
2: The Chargers have the best offensive line. In
0: no, I mean the Browns. Oh, I'm saying when the so, when the Browns the Chargers
2: have a pretty damn good offense.
0: The Chargers offensive line. line has been great, but what what I'm saying is that the Chargers defense, when they went up against Cleveland last week, had to go up against the best offensive line in football, according to PFF. The Chargers when game planning against Lamar, when they know that they have an advantage on the, on at the line of scrimmage between the offensive and defensive line, and then you have a guy like, you know, Derwin James, who's sitting back there, who's been an absolute animal for the chargers this year, you're going to be able to spy him with an athlete that doesn't quite rival Lamar, but is in the same ballpark. And I think that matters. And I think they're going to – I think the Chargers' defensive line is going to be able to dominate – not dominate, but I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage on defense, and I think they're going to be able to have a guy in that secondary who's going to be able to key up against Lamar Jackson. And this is why I say it, like Brandon Staley is one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. And I think if anyone's going to come up with a scheme to slow down Lamar, because that's – look, the, the Ravens are a one-trick pony. They are stopping Lamar, you stop their offense. And, the, you know, the Colts did that basically through three quarters until Lamar decided otherwise. And that Colts defense is hot garbage compared to some of the other defenses in the league talent-wise. I think Asante Samuel matches up well against Marquise Hollywood Brown. And whether you have Derwin James matched up against Lamar in a QB spy or covering Mark Andrews, I give the plus to the Chargers. I think the car- Chargers win this game on the road.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. As I was just about to say that, I was like, you, "Are you going to drop Derwin James and spy, uh, spy Lamar, or let him cover Mark Andrews? Because you can't have both." Um, but you know, so you're going to let Lamar throw and try to stop the run, yeah. rather than. Uh, yeah, we'll okay, see. That's fine. He just threw 440 yards. And look, Lamar is incredible.
0: <laughs> like I, I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson here. Yeah, no, you is, just
1: love your chargers, man.
0: I look, we, we, we covered this last year on our old pod too, but like I am, I do like the chargers.
2: I yeah, need a but, Herbert Jersey,
0: <laughs> but this is Brandon Staley defensively. And I understand that the Browns ran for all those yards, but that was a unique and special game. Like that game just kind of got out of hand. Like I do need a Chargers Jersey, by the way, Scotty, you're right. Um, I used to have a little Danny Tomlinson, the powder blues. I used to have one of those. And I work, I work with Jacob Hester who was a fullback for them forever. I, I need to, I need to get into Jacob Hester's ear and see if he can send me something, but um, no, I, I like the chargers in this one. I think, I think it'll be a really good game and Lamar is incredible, but Brandon Staley is Sean McVay three years ago. He is, but just on the I defensive think a great side coach. of the
1: ball. I just don't think they're going to win this game.
0: We'll see. We'll see. That's why we pick them. Four uh, o'clock games. Arizona on the road in Cleveland, probably the best of the four o'clock games. As you said, Vita. we only have three of them in this one. Uh, Cleveland's a three point favorite at home. It is worth noting. We mentioned this earlier in the week. It looked like Lamar, uh, like uh, Kyler Murray was a little banged up. He had, it was on the injury report today for the first time with a right shoulder injury. That is problematic for the Cardinals. The Cardinals need him to be healthy. This feels like deja vu for Arizona Basically, the exact same thing that happened last year, just with a slightly better record through five games. I think Cleveland wins this game in a big bounce-back game after losing a tight one to uh, to um, L.A. last week. And they get them at home. And you're going a little bit cross-country. You're playing in a different environment. And the Cardinals are due for a loss. So I'm taking Cleveland to cover the three points.
1: Wait, are they, are they three-point favorites or dog? Sorry. Favorite. Sorry. Cleveland is a, is a three point favorite in this game. I can't, I don't know. Listen, I love Cleveland and I think they're going to run the ball well and keep this close, but I can't go against the Cardinals like that. When they haven't lost, and they've shown some ways to win in a bunch of different environments and games, low scoring, high scoring. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I love the Browns. I love their run game, but I got to go with the Cardinals if they're getting three as well.
2: And for as good as that, Defensive line is in particular in Cleveland. They could not stop the run against Austin Eckler last week. They could not stop uh, anyone out of the backfield, Austin Eckler particularly coming out of the backfield. And Arizona has three of those guys that can, uh, that can do all the same thing. Kyler Murray being one, uh, if his shoulders hurt, maybe he relies on the run more. And then Chase Edmonds and, uh, and uh, James Connor, who can both do both things out of the backfield. Um, so I, I, to me, this is this is a no-brainer. On top of that, you've got AJ Green, Max Williams, who might have a big game given the uh, the pressure that the the Cleveland.
0: Well, you know, uh, Ma- Max Williams is done for the year.
2: Oh, is he? Oh, well, well you need another tight end then. Huh? You yeah. have to pick one up off the waiver wire. Tor- um, yeah,
0: Torre's ACL on that. It was a really
2: nasty oh, injury in there. Um, so. I mean, look. Besides that, all the all the receiving weapons you have. D Hop had a big game last week. He's due for another one. This is a tough matchup for him with uh with uh, probably greedy Williams coming after him. Um, gosh, you know, well, I hey, just I or Denzel so, Ward even.
0: So both you guys are on Arizona.
2: I'm on Arizona. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: All yeah. right. Well, hey, I'm sticking with the brownies. Let's go Browns. Uh, your squad, Vito, Vegas, dealing with all the crap that they're doing with going to Denver, high altitude. We know what that does to teams, which is pretty much nothing, but people like to say that it's something. Uh, the brown uh, the Broncos are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home going up against the Raiders. Uh, I like Denver's defense. Um, you know, look, they, they've dropped two in a row after that 3-0 and start. I, I think they're better. I feel like the, the shift has almost gone too far against the Broncos at this point, and I feel like we need to kind of pull it back because I do think the Broncos' defense is legit. They've played two tough teams in a couple weeks, but – the Raiders, after starting three and zero, have also dropped two. So one of these two teams is going to get back on track, and I like the Broncos, and I think the Broncos win. But I will throw out here that hook, the three and a half, is a little dangerous because I could see this game coming down to a field that goal. <laughs> I just I don't see the Raiders. I don't see Derek Carr as a leader being strong enough to kind of keep the Raiders afloat with everything going on. I'm taking the Broncos to cover the three and a half.
1: You know, I I I gotta. St- Man, I mean, I'm taking the Broncos. I'm just saying as an objective fan here, this is a tough one. I think the Raiders, like you're saying, they're going through a lot. Um, I think Derek Carr is the kind of leader that can get the team to at least come out and play well, which is why I'm scared. But I just think this is the difference of our running game and our defense. And I think we can you know, maybe win by four, and I I would be so damn happy to just cover and just beat the Raiders. This is
2: simple X's and O's. Make the right decisions, which... Teddy Bridgewater did most of, but not in the critical time last week. This is a simple X's and O's. Derek Carr, this is the toughest defense he's faced all year long, will be this weekend against Denver. Uh, I I don't think he's, he's that good of a quarterback to figure that defense out because it is legit. Um, and, and I don't see Josh Jacobs doing his, like, you know, whatever thing where he catches 30 yards out of the backfield and ends up in the end zone twice. I just, none of that's going to happen. That, that that defense is too good uh, for a three-and-a-half-point spread. I'm taking the Broncos.
0: So we're all in the Broncos. The one caveat I'll throw out was that Justin Simmons had some struggles uh, going up against Mark Andrews, and I think those will only be exemplified going up against Darren Waller, who's an even better athlete than Mark Andrews. But other than that, I think the cornerbacks on the outside, I think the secondary is going to be able to handle the Raiders. And, and look, I, I like Derek Carr, but – I, I've been pretty harsh on the Raiders on this pod throughout the year, despite the three and start, despite everything. And I, I think the Raiders are frauds and, and what we're going to see in this game is going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a team galvanized based off of a, uh, something that happens in their locker room where they all rally together and pull off, you know, a huge win right after. Or they fall apart, and I lean more towards them falling apart, which is part of why I'm picking the Broncos. Uh The game oh, – this is CBS's game of the week. Cowboys on the road in Foxborough. Uh, the Cowboys' offense has looked electric to this point, but this is another one of those home dogs that I'm kind of leaning towards the home team. And New England coming off of a tight win against – Uh, Houston, I can only imagine what that film room was like in New England after barely barely winning against Davis Mills and that offense uh, in Houston. So how does New England prepare against Dallas? I don't know, but Dallas is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm tempted to take the Cowboys because of how good they looked, but I feel like the Cowboys are kind of due for a letdown game. And I also feel like, hey, as a home underdog, you're playing in New England. We saw what that crowd and everything happened when, when Tampa Bay was up there a couple of weeks ago against an equally as good offense. I'm leaning towards the Pats here to cover the three and a half. And again, that hook hanging out there is is the bane of my existence. It's just taunting me.
1: Yeah, dude, that's tough. If it was three, I'd be Cowboys, no doubt. Three and a half. I'm Cowboys a little more reserved, <laughs> but I'm still taking the Cowboys to travel in. I just, I think this offense is rolling right now. Good line. Um, defense is playing well enough to get a win and the Patriots, man, if you can just force a turnover that that's you'll, you'll cover, I think. So I think that's what happens.
2: Uh, Patriots are great against the spread. I think Bill Belichick had that, uh, that defensive room looking like, uh, an absolute clinic, uh, where he was like watch it watch it again watch it again now watch it again and here's all the things you did wrong now fix it um so i I think that's kind of probably how this week went in new england um i don't see back-to-back poor performances from new england's defense just given bill belichick's history new england's great against the spread they're great against the spread against great teams um i just think you know Dallas is due uh, and everybody on that injury sheet is on the defensive side of the ball. If Mac Jones can limit mistakes, uh, keep the ball away from Trayvon Diggs' hands, at least for, uh, for balls that'll go into the end zone or get, get uh, immediate red zone opportunities for Dallas. Uh, Mac Jones plays a clean game. I, I like the Patriots at three and a half.
0: I'm with you, Scotty. I, I, I think New England covers this. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I just can't imagine, you know, I've heard glimpses of it on different podcasts and whatnot about what it's like being in the room for film days with Bill Belichick. And he holds the entire team accountable. He makes the whole team offense, defense, special team, everybody has to sit in the same little, I don't want to call it studio, but the same like theater room. And they all have to watch it together and everybody gets held accountable. And I just, after almost losing to Davis mills and David Cully and that Houston team, this team's going to come out like they have a match lit under their ass the entire game. I get last week was a, was a tough performance because you're coming off the emotional loss against New England. This is the bounce back game. I do think Dallas wins, but I think it's by a field goal, and that's why I'm taking the Pats. All right, Sunday night, we got two games left. The Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks going in to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's offense looked a little frisky last week. Got to give credit where credit's due. They look pretty good against against Denver. I don't really know what to expect in this game. I have no idea how to gauge what a full week of practice looks like for Geno Smith. It's been a long time. I'm hoping none of his teammates got pissed off and punched him in the face. Uh, We've known that's been a troublesome uh, thing for him in the past. But uh, right now, Pittsburgh's favored by five. I this game is a even just the spread. This just feels like a coin flip. I have no idea. I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh in a big Sunday night game to kind of bounce back, get back to 500. Um, but covering five points is tough. I think this is going to be a tighter game than maybe people think. Because I still just don't trust Big Ben in any way, shape, or form.
1: I agree. I think this is way closer. That Seattle team actually has you know some fight in them. They have good weapons. I wonder if this is like. You know, sometimes you look at a quarterback that moves to another location, and like this is the best situation Geno Smith's ever been in, right?
0: That's a great point. That's a great point.
1: So, like, I, I think it's not unrealistic to say we might see the best Geno you know, Smith we've ever seen this Sunday. And I, you know what? I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Seahawks.
2: Breaks my heart. Really does. Um, but listen, Seattle is not out of this thing. And if there's a team that can galvanize themselves around a common cause and do something for uh, for Russell Wilson, it would be the Seattle Seahawks. In a game in Seattle, in prime time, that crowd's going to show up, yeah. no doubt. Uh, I, not a doubt in my mind. But the, the, the Steelers' secondary is – we talk about the Kansas City defense. That Steelers' secondary is Swiss cheese. So D.K. Mech – and they give up the most number of, of yards and points – to uh, the, the uh, left side receiver, the left ex, the X guy, so DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, I think, is due for a big game. He's had two, and now he's uh, two bad games. Now he's ready for another one, another good game. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I don't know why. This is a gut.
0: I'm with you guys. I'm taking Seattle as well. Uh, last week, there was a couple games. You two picked a team, and I said, you know what? Maybe I'll just be a little different, and uh, I'll go somewhere else, and I was wrong. So now if we all, if we lose, we all go down together as a podcast. Um, (laughs) Last game, Monday night, really interesting matchup here. Buffalo and Tennessee Buffalo coming off the going up against arguably the best passing offense in the NFL. And now they get to go. Now they have to go up against arguably the best running offense in the NFL going up against Derrick Henry. Buffalo is a five and a half point favorite. The big difference here for me, guys, is that Tennessee's defense is putrid. They are terrible. Their secondary is horrible. Their defensive line isn't any good. They're not going to get any pressure against Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. I think Tennessee is a worse version of Kansas City when you talk about a good offense and a bad defense. I think Tennessee's even worse. This is Buffalo covering the five and a half easily on Monday night. And this is Buffalo officially anointing themselves as the number one team in the NFL. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I also happen to have watched the 30 for 30 about the, the, was it the four falls of Buffalo? So I'm, I'm just all in on the Buffalo Bills right now. Give me Bills Mafia. Give me tables being broken. Give me the mustard. Give me the ketchup. Give me all of it. And Josh Allen, Bills covering the five and a half.
2: Yeah, I think this game comes down to uh, a couple of things. One, I think Stefan Diggs is due. I mean, really due. He's he's had a, a really down year, uh, and this is if you're looking for a defense to go up against, this is the one that uh, that you can kind of burn a little bit. Um, and granted, Josh Allen's gotten Dalton Dawson Knox in the mix a, little, a, a lot this year, but Stefan Diggs is due. Uh, poor. Samuel Sanders has
0: been awesome too. Yeah, yeah no question. Exactly, that that yeah. offense is lethal. So. So, you're taking yeah. Buffalo, Scotty?
2: I'm going to take Buffalo just because I think Derrick Henry is going to have his. Uh, even if they use Julio Jones as a decoy, AJ Brown is back. I think nobody's really healthy on that offense besides Derrick Henry. So, give me the Buffalo Bills.
0: The Bills' D line is nasty, too. I think they'll do I think they'll be able to. I think this will be the first time we see Derrick Hen- Henry rush for under 100 yards this year.
1: That's my Ooh. prediction in this. Oh, wow. Uh, Vita, who are you taking? Um, you know what? I'm going with. Buffalo as well, but watch out because the difference between this game and last game is that if Derrick Henry gets going, it'll limit the amount of possessions that the bills have. If both teams have like seven possessions or lower, this would favor Tennessee to maybe cover. That's the only chance they have, but I'm sticking with the bills.
0: <laughs> all right. We're all on the same page to um to update everybody. I, I went back and I so now I'm not only tracking our records overall for the year, but I have our college football picks and our NFL picks separate so that we can kind of monitor to see who's doing what. Uh, And Vito, you're going to be really happy with your college football picks because Jesus Christ, you should have bet on every single thing. Um, To this (laughs) point through six weeks of the college football season, Scotty, you are 17 and 14 against the spread. I'll take it. I am 18 and 18 hanging in. I'm like 500 across the board right now. Uh, And Vito, you are 24 and eight. Oh my god, against <laughs> the spread <laughs> in college football
1: 24 and eight, dude. Guys, is- I've been gam- I've been looking at spreads for a couple of years now pretty intently. No, I gotta say, I, I think, uh, by the way, who says I haven't been betting on these, Jeff?
0: I know you have, but I'm just saying, like, if you'd <laughs> only bet these, you know, was it 30 32 games? Yeah. You, would, you would have had a fortune by now. You're 24 and eight against the spread. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Follow our follow my college picks. I'm here to make you money. We, we might need to
0: start getting you to tweet stuff out from our like official like read option podcast. You, we just need to put veto's college football picks because Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're on fire. Um, and then the NFL, which we all agree is is much tougher to pick. Uh, we're all right around 500. Scotty, you're 32, 32 in one. Love it. Uh, Vito, you are 30, 32 and one, hmm. and I am 38, 39 and one. And I will add that I've had to pick more games than everybody else because I've been on every single week. But hey, you know, I'm not complaining. Um, Look
2: at that win percentage. Who's in the league?
0: <laughs> so right now, overall, Scotty, you're 49, 46 and one. Vito, you are 54, 40 and one.
2: Oh my god, that's going to be tough to catch.
0: That's like Stanford Steve era right now. That's that's impressive shit. Uh, that's impressive. And I am fifty-seven, fifty-seven and one, so I'm dead ass five hundred. But hey, as a podcast, place, we are though. we Third are place. way fuck you, Scotty. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are above 500 as a podcast. And I'm, I'm going to start jipping the numbers. So Scotty's under 500. Um, all right, quick break. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to pick our college football. We're going to get to random life shit. Vito's got to run soon. So we're going to rush through this last part of the pod. Though this was probably the quickest we've gotten through our NFL preview. So hang tight. We'll be right back. We'll wrap up the pod after this. All right, college football was batshit crazy last week. And uh, it was awesome to watch. Chances are we're not going to have two weeks in a row of that, but we are set up for a week where it's kind of like, everyone's like, ah, and just got to relax after this. And yet, boom, here we go. And, and I'm, before we get to the picks, I will throw out here. There's one interesting wrinkle because I've asked people that I work with. Why do you think we've had some, we've had more upsets this year than any other year in the AP era, right? This is the most amount of top 25 teams that have lost through six weeks into the season, basically in the history of college football. And I've asked people, why do you think this is? Why have we had so many teams and the one caveat is that in the last 150 years since college football has been a thing, we haven't had a pandemic, right? That's something that happened. Mm. The pandemic.
2: Well, We had one, but
0: sorry, you're right. But since college football is a thing, that was 1918. It was a long time ago. Scott. Um, So we did have one, but the point being is that since college football has become college football in, in the modern sense, We've not had to have a situation where it's like, what do we do with these players who basically lost the year of eligibility and and all the spring athletes in the spring of 2020 who basically lost their whole last season. And so all of the NCAA got an extra year of eligibility and players. Now we have six year seniors. We have sixth years, all super, super seniors, not just your normal super seniors, but like double super seniors. And that Mm -hmm. has played a massive role in this in addition to, welcoming fans back, players who played their freshman year, their first year playing in front of no fans and now have to adjust to this. So there's a bunch of reasons, but it is objectively great for college football because we have more parity right now than we've had since 2007. And that is long considered one of the best years in college football. So hopefully we get some some more magic this week. I got five games for you guys. I'm going to rip through them here before we get into our random life shit because again, it's not a huge weekend, but there are some sneaky good matchups. First off, we're going to the Big Ten. Number 10, Michigan State on the road at Indiana. Indiana was a team that came in with really high expectations. They've lost pretty much every big-picture game that they've had to play so far, but I still think they have a big win on their resume. Right now, Indiana is a a four-and-a-half-point underdog
1: at home against Michigan State. Who do you got? Michigan State easy. I mean, guys take this and run their run game, their special teams. It's that's insane. a well-rounded team. Kenneth
2: Walker. Three.
1: Oh man. He's incredible. An incredible athlete. The best, I, one of my favorite moments of last week. And I know it wasn't on Tuesday's pod, but like was when he just shook the hand of his blocker at like yeah. the 20 yard line. Off. They don't, they weren't even close. It wasn't the five. It was literally like the 20 on Michigan state all the way. They're going to steamroll over Indiana. Yeah, I'm, I'm there.
2: I, it's not close to me. Michigan State's a really good team. They're the number 10 team in the nation for a reason. They play in the toughest division in college football. And I think they're going to steamroll Indiana as well, uh, just because of that run game. And they're playing really good defense. So, uh, yeah, Michigan State.
0: I'm with you, boys. I'm on Sparty. Uh, again, doing this thing I didn't do last week, which is I tried to be different to make the pod better, but that hurt my record. And I wish I hadn't done that. So we're going to, after Scotty, just try to give me shit for this. Um, Scotty was under 500 before last week. So I don't want to hear it from you. Oh, I
2: had a great week, Jeff. You had one good
0: week. You're under 500 in the NFL. I don't want to hear it. All right. Um, uh, Next game, ACC matchup. Now the ACC, you know, they're having a rough year, you know, top to bottom. And Clemson's got two losses. They're well out of the conversation. But they do have a, a few teams. They have right now, they have four teams with only one loss. Two of them are being – and also they have another team who's undefeated and uh, Wake Forest. But two of the one-loss teams are facing off this weekend and two really good teams. A game I, I'm actually really excited to watch about, and I hope you all at home, if you're college football fans, turn this game on if you want to watch a good football game. We have number 22 NC State going – to Boston and taking on Boston college two really Ooh. well-coached teams, Dave Doran, right. On one side, Jeff Halfley on the other. I love this matchup. I think it's going to be an absolute, not even a barn burner, just a grinder type of football game, right? I love this game right now. Boston college is a three point underdog at home. Give me the golden Eagles as the home dog to pull off the upset, even without their starting quarterbacks. That hasn't mattered to this point. Let's go BC. Let's go Boston College. Fucking A right. Let's go.
1: Man, no. I'm glad you called this game out because this is my game of the week easy. Like, this game is going to be great. It's 7.30 game. If you guys are at home watching, you have to make sure you turn this on. Um, I, I honestly believe this, this will be one of the best matchups. It's probably the best team, um, you know, that Boston College has played, though, is an NC State. Uh, I'm actually really, really excited to see what happens on the defensive lines. Um, So there's a couple of different players here that um, on on the NC State defensive line have created some absolute mayhem in the run game. And what you're going to have to look out for, again, is the line play. We've been talking about it. That's why I'm so jazzed up about this.
0: Oh, no, we just lost. Vito you there? Oh, we lost oh, Vito for a back. second. There we okay. go. You're saying you're jazzed you were jazzed up about the difference of line play because of and then a cut off. So cliffhanger. Your
1: cliffhanger. No. So because of the fact that that NC State and BC have created some absolute mayhem in the run game uh against the run game, right? Up front, they're not letting they're not letting guards get to the second level hit any linebackers. Look for that to continue. I'm going to take Boston College as well at home. Wow, Don't give go. us dogs at home. I think this Boston College team is super underrated. The fact that they're not ranked is a shame. Watch their games; they're a great team.
2: It scares me that Vito picked uh, Boston College because now I want to go the other way. NC State has too much to play for. They beat Clemson. They took down the uh, the the mighty pillar of the ACC. The ACC is relatively boring. This game's going to be exciting. Um, I'm taking the Wolfpack though. The Boston it. College defense leaks too much. Uh, give me the wolf pack
0: i love i love that pick scotty i do i'm taking bc i'm taking the golden eagles but i do love that pick right now it comes down to hey dave doran's an awesome coach he's been there for a long time he's on track if he's there for another like 10 years to basically be a kirk ferentz type of coach but i love jeff halfley i think of young head coaches that are going to make a difference in the league in, the, in college football. I think Jeff Hafley's at the top of the list. That's why I'm taking BC. All right, we got three more games here. We have number 18, Arizona State, coming off of a drubbing on Friday night at Stanford, which I picked wrong before. They're mm-hmm. going to Utah on the road, take on the fighting Utes. Utah's gone through some stuff, but they beat the crap out of USC last week. Absolutely mm-hmm. dominated them. Right now, that line, dead even. Dead even, straight up pick them. Give me the Sun Devils all day and twice on Sunday. I love what this team is doing. I needed to see them win big against Stanford last week in order for me to fully buy into them, and that's exactly what they did. They beat Stanford by 21. They absolutely house them jaden daniels has been one of my favorite players in college football for a long time you can go back and listen to my pac 12 preview to listen to me drooling over this kid it sucks that he only weighs 175 pounds because if he weighed 215 he'd be the number one pick in the nfl draft this year give me jaden daniels and the arizona sun devils to win this game and to easily beat utah who got unfortunately had an emotional week they got it out of their systems. I think they have a letdown this week. Give me the Sun Devils.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. I, it's it's that was a statement game last week against Stanford. Stanford coming off the big win against uh, Oregon at home. Uh, it was a statement for Arizona State to win that uh, that game and obviously uh, take control of the Pac-12 South. Um, just, just a phenomenal performance. I love what Herman Edwards is doing. I, am with you. I love Jaden Daniels. Like, I'm, I'm there. Forks up. I got to go for it. Go Devils.
0: Go Devils. Um, our man Vito's having some internet issues, so hopefully. Yes,
1: But I'm here. Oh, you're there. Oh, he's audio. there.
0: Perfect. Oh my God. Let's go. Who so, do you
1: go? Here's the difference. I, I, I'm. This is closer than I think people think. What's the live? What's the spread at right it's now? It's Even. It's dead, dead even. even. Dead even. Okay. That makes it even harder. Damn it. Okay. Because Utah. This is going to be a good game as well. This is at the 10 p.m. slot on the East Coast. So, um, you know, falling up end of the night. Pac-12 after dark. That's right. A little nightcap and some Pac-12. Love that. And this matchup is interesting because Utah, (laughs) the thing about Utah is that they have two losses against ranked teams that were pretty close. They lost to BYU by nine, but they lost to San Diego State in overtime by two. I think this is a much, much closer game than people think. That's why, you know, Honestly, I think there should be a spread a little bit, but I'm, you know, if I have to pick with my heart here, I'm going, you know, forks up to Arizona state. I think they're a great team. I love the talent they have. Uh, we're all on them. Let's go ASU.
0: I'll, I'll throw this
1: in there. We had Herm Edwards on
0: our show last week and, and the one difference we asked them, you know, Hey, what's the main difference with your team now versus in week one, he said they're playing fast. Right. There's a difference between when you're on defense and they're saying there's a difference between being able to understand what you need to do defensively and being able to do it at an elite speed where you can go and get after the quarterback and go get the running back in the flat where it's like you're not even there's not even a doubt of hesitation in your mind. We're just going to go out there. We're going to play fast. That's how they looked last week on Friday night, and I think that's how they look against Utah. I'm all in. I think – I'll say it right now. I think Arizona State wins the Pac-12. I think they beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, and I think the Sun Devils win the Pac-12. And I'll tell you what, if they are a one-loss conference champion and a power five conference like the Pac-12, I think there's a very real chance that we see Arizona State in the college football playoff this year. Two games left, two top 25 matchups. Number 12, Oklahoma State not your grandmother's Oklahoma state. This team is built off of defense. This team is built not on offense. There is no Michael Crabtree. There is none of that stuff or Justin Blackman. I confused my big 12 offenses.
2: (laughs) You did. Yeah.
0: And they're going on the road and they're taking on Texas. who just had an emotional loss right now. Texas is a four point favorite. I think Texas comes out a little slow, even though I do love Sark and believe in Sark. And they were so close to covering that spread if they could have just freaking tackled Kennedy Brooks or at least pushing, but they didn't. I think Oklahoma state wins this game. I really do. I believe in Mike Gundy. I think this is the number one sleeper team in college football this year is Oklahoma state. Give me the pokies to cover the four.
2: Uh, It's going to be a little tougher for Texas, uh, given that, Oklahoma state's defense has around allowed uh, just 159 rushing yards uh, per game total. Uh, so Bijan Robinson might be a little bit limited, but again, Heisman candidate and Heisman type situation against the, a top 12 team <laughs> uh, emotional loss last week in a rivalry game. This is your chance to make a statement if you're Texas and get back to that big 12 championship game to play Oklahoma again. And, and, and make the case that you are better than them. And if nothing else, knock them out of the playoff. Give me the horns. Welcome.
1: Man, I, I don't know about this one. Uh, I actually think I'm going Oklahoma state. I, I don't think Texas is back. I'll never believe Texas is back until I see it until then. I'm going to pick them to have, uh, you know, some games like this. I do think they are a team though, that would upset a ranked team ahead of them and then lose to an unranked team. Uh, but something's off in Texas. Sark's great, but, I'm going okay state.
0: well okay state is number 12 in the country right
1: now Vito That's what I'm, no no that's what I'm saying I can see them that's like right, maybe yeah. winning this game oh, like and then the yeah. week after losing to an unranked I, I I could see this happening but still I just think there's something about Texas I just can't I can't put my money on them. I, I will I'm say that this is a better man.
0: I do think that Texas is as close to being back as they've been in a very very long time. And I 1,000% believe in Steve Sarkisian. I've been saying it all summer. I've been saying it all fall. I love Steve Sarkisian. I love Texas. But I just think Oklahoma State's defense is nasty. I think they're salty. But, hey, if Texas wins this game, I will not be surprised in the slightest. All right, last game, number 11, Kentucky. Kentucky's number 11 in the country. Undefeated versus undefeated against will Levis. the Georgia Bulldogs. Will Levis, he eats bananas with the peel on. He, he, he drinks his coffee with mayo in it. Both of those are real things that Will Levis does. And I freaking love this kid. He needs an NIL sponsorship mm-hmm. with Levi's Jeans ASAP.
2: I wish he had come in in the second half of the Iowa game. Anyway, We would have
1: won. Yeah.
0: Blame, blame the transfer <laughs> portal. Um, here's what I'll say about this game. I was all in on Texas covering the 22, or, or Georgia covering 22 and a half, which is an absurd line against the number 11 team of the country until it was laid out to me like this. If you're going position by position on offense between Georgia and Kentucky, Georgia has the better lineup. Georgia's quarterback, Will Levis, Stetson Bennett, I lean a little bit towards Will Levis, not by a whole lot. Georgia's running backs versus Kentucky's running backs, Rodriguez. uh, I forget the kids from Georgia's name but I still lean towards Rodriguez. He's been incredible this year. Wide receivers, I lean towards Kentucky. The offensive line, I think, is a toss-up. The big difference in this game is going to be defense. And so far this year, Georgia's secondary has not been threatened. They haven't been challenged at all. 22 and a half is an insane number to cover against a team that's been as good as Kentucky, a team that just beat LSU that has at least – Three to four NFL players on their defense, and they scored 42 against them. I think Kentucky covers the spread. I actually think it's my lock of the week, and I kind of regret saying that. But give me Kentucky to cover the spread, and if we see insanity the way we've seen it this year, Kentucky might fuck around and win this game.
2: No, 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 no. Uh, Georgia is turning into the Alabama um, pick where it's uh, I, I'm not taking them un- unless you prove me wrong. I might take the under in this game, but uh, it's this feels a lot like the Arkansas game to me, uh, for Georgia where they just kind of steamrolled and uh, and with Stetson Bennett didn't score like a ton on offense, it was 34 nothing um, in that one, and I took the under, so I would hammer the under here. I think 21 and a half is something easily, I mean, that. Georgia defense, particularly defensive line, is like an international harvester, just like mowing down um, offensive lines. So uh,
1: I'll take Georgia at 21 and a half. Oof, man, it's too much of a line here. I,
0: 22 and a half.
1: Yeah, 22 and a half. <clears throat> it's too big. This Kentucky team is good enough. I couldn't believe the disrespect of this line, but it's Georgia. Um, this is... I'll put it this way. If Bama was in this spot, I don't know if Bama gets this spread. I don't know what's going on right now with this spread, but it's too much. I'll take Kentucky all day, 22 and a half, over three touchdowns. It's just, that's so hard. And you can miss an extra point and still cover.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I just, and, and and I'll say this too, Scotty, to anoint them as Alabama, I think is premature because Stetson Bennett, as good as he's been, and, and I get the Arkansas thing, like Arkansas won. Kentucky's going to learn from Arkansas's mistakes. Mark Stoops is an awesome head coach. That team just has a special sauce in them. I expect Georgia to win the game, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I really, really do. Um, Vito, I know you have to run, but can you hang on for random life shit before we go? Let's let's get to it. All right, let's do it. All right. Those are our college football picks. Random life advice or random life shit, whatever we want to call it here. Uh, I got two quick ones. I have a much bigger one that we need to get to on Tuesday's pod because Vito, I need your take on it. It involves the uh, Rolling Stone magazine uh, and their top 500 list that they updated, their top 500 songs of all time. And you and I are going to have some excellent debates about that one. Oh, yeah. These are two small ones. All right. I had an epiphany the other day. I got a phone call from a guy from work who's one of our hosts after one of our shows. And we've gotten so used to like, Hey, we, we get a phone call. When we have an iPhone, like the name pops up on our, our phones. So why isn't yeah, that gotten F- a lot
2: of potential spam calls? Well, who's spam, that guy?
0: spam calls <laughs> aside, right? Like, like when someone calls you, when you, the name pops up, you have their contact. Am I the only person who pretends like i didn't see the name of the person who called me because every single time someone in my context calls me i just go hello as if like i don't know who the person wait really yes like every time i pick it up i go like (laughs) as if it's like a complete it's gonna be a surprise to me like i'm like hello i'm like you know you know what i mean like oh yeah i didn't just see your name there. am i
1: alone in that or yes
2: i am so with you no you are not alone (laughs) What
1: is going on right now? What (laughs) guys it's, it's so much more personable. I answer the phone and like, let's say, let's say Scotty called me or let's say Jeff called me right. Right before this, I would be like, Jeff, I don't want to talk about the goddamn fantasy loss that you beat me. Like I would instantly start the conversation with something I need to say to that person right away. I dive Let's right get in. Skip the pleasantries
2: is what oh, you're saying. None
1: of that. No time for that shit. All, all the business. All to, or like when I know it's my friend who I'm going to see later, I'm like, yo, bro, what's up? We still good? Like, you know what I mean? I'll instantly dive in.
0: That's so funny. See, like, because I'm i I'm totally opposite. Like every single person who calls me, even if it's like a really good, if it's my mom, like and anyone who I know whose Dang. name is, in, like, I will just pick up and go, hello. Hello. <laughs> as if it's like an old rotary phone that I'm picking up off the, <laughs> you know, like the, you know, like, I'm just yeah. like, Oh, hello. Who, who's calling me today? Like, like that is how I approach it every single time.
2: Yeah. Same. I, I, I do it with, like you said, even my mom or my, or my dad or any, anyone close to me, uh, I, I will answer the phone with a hello. It's, it's, it's commonplace. It's what we did in our, uh, in our house. I think it's, it's a, a, vestigial, uh, thing from, um, from when we didn't have color ID, uh, in my house and we had a landline still. Um, and granted, I've had this thing for probably longer, a longer portion of my life for, uh, than I had a landline, but still, um, for whatever reason, it was uh, it was a habit for me to just, uh, answer the phone with hello. All
0: right. Well, here, here's, here's the Scotty, here's our homework for our next bot then this next week or the next weekend or whatever from the next, from now until the next time we sit down to do a podcast, anytime somebody calls us and we know the person, it's someone we know we have to try not to do that. We have to just be like, Hey, what's up Vita?"
1: Yeah. At least once, at least just do it to yourself for one day, pick a day and whoever calls like on Saturdays, I couldn't do it. Dude. Saturdays. Like if someone calls me, I'm instantly like, did you see the score like instantly i dive into the conversation you guys will get right down to business i feel like you'll love it on a football day
0: but also like facetime's different though right because like when i face because like when i Facetime you two guys it was like because you see the face and like it's instant the second you accept the call on a facetime you You know what you're getting into
1: yeah but but like before you accept the call on either you see the name
0: Oh, I know. I just, I'm not justifying this as in like what I'm doing is normal. What I'm saying is what I do is weird as shit. And why the hell do I keep doing it? Like, I need to be a, I need to be better and just being like, Hey, at this point, I think society needs to be better. And we all go like, Hey, we all have caller ID at this point. All of these contacts are saved in our phone. Just answer the phone as the person who's calling me. Like Dusty Dvorak called me after a show earlier this week And I literally pretended like I didn't know who was calling me. But the second his name popped up, I knew exactly who was calling me. I need to do a better job. What I do is freaking weird. What Scotty does is weird. We just need it's just we're trained from growing up in the last generation of having landlines as to pretending as if we don't know who's calling us, even though for the most part, like we also had caller ID when we were kids for maybe my kids but like at least in our teenage Ooh,
1: years we had money Ooh,
0: <laughs> I, I didn't have until i was in college uh, high i'm school. kidding i'm all kidding just right. <laughs> all right fuck
1: you, uh, i had a cell phone when i was in fourth grade okay i just grew up on oh
0: wow what wait, wait so all right so you had fourth grade scotty when did you have your first cell phone
2: i was a junior in high school god, uh so you're 2006 old. when i got my first
1: god you're yeah. old yeah, mine was like Jesus. 2001 or 2000 because we moved to california and it's it was free long distance on cell phones did you did, you have, like the, did so you have like the firefly like, this is phone? cheaper than like like you remember the you firefly one friends so no it was, it was like verizon regular whatever it, do you remember awesome.
0: the firefly phones though
1: no that's singular they singular. were like at t
0: they were like the uh they were like the uh emergency only phones like literally all you could do is call somebody from them and they looked like a, like a big flash drive. Like, you remember the, like, the original iPod shuffle that was like a long like rectangle? Yeah. It looked kind of like that, but it was like a cell phone. And you could, but like literally all you could do was just like call like four numbers. You had four numbers you could call. And I remember that was like the height of luxury. Um, I had my first cell phone in uh, 2008, my seventh grade. year. It was like once you got to middle school, that was like my parents were like, all right, yeah, you can have a cell phone. Uh, because I was going to be, I was playing football. I was doing other stuff. Like it was like, all right, fine. Like we, we don't want to go wait for an hour in the pickup line. If you're going to be in, you know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thing. Um, all right. Last thing here. Uh, and Vito, I know you got to run so you can make your answer quick here. So I'll go to you first. Uh, I had a guy in my car when I was Ubering yesterday who might've brought up one of the most, uh, brilliant ideas, that I think I've, I've arguably ever heard just from a random dude, in my Uber. And we were talking about like social media and, and the internet and how, you know, how locked in everybody is in their phone during everything. Like you can't watch a movie without also having your phone in front of you. You can't watch a football game without having your phone in front of you. And he was like, what if we just like got rid of the internet for like a year? And he was <laughs> like, let's just, let's just, just because like, just like COVID, right. Cause like COVID we all had, we all do adapt. Right, we all had to learn how to work from home. We used to be like, oh, could you work from home for a full year? Most, like ninety-five percent of people would be like, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. And yet, hey, when COVID hit, we were forced to do that, and we found a way because we're human beings are very adaptable. What would it be like if we just got rid of the internet for a year? And my brain broke trying to process it because I think it might be one of the most brilliant things. So I think that would be incredible for our society right now. Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's so much negativity on the, uh, on the internet that uh, it's, it's almost not worth checking and looking, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these social media sites. So, uh, you know, but there's, there's a lot of valuable information and conversation that that can be had too. So you just got to think about outweighing the the bad with the good and, uh, and hopefully good will prevail as it, uh, as it often does.
0: Did we lose Vito? I don't know if we lost Vito.
1: I I'm see- in and out. I'm okay. in and out. Did you hear? Did you hear my question? Stealth mode here.
0: Vito, did you hear my question? I did not. I, I my, my question was what this guy who was in my Uber in my Uber uh, my car earlier this week when I am driving he basically was like, what if we just like put pause basically on the internet for like a year, just a year, where it was Jeez. like like so like we all had to adapt just like we had to do with COVID. And uh, and uh, everyone used to say, hey, I can't work from home, can't do this. But then like, we all f- were forced to find a way because of this thing that was out of our uh, out of our control. What if the same thing happened to the Internet? Like, would we be better off for it? Because my brain literally broke when I heard this thing, because I was like, I, I think we would be better off because like we would get we would get it back. And like, we would lose a lot in the time, you know, like there'd be certain things we'd lose, but the amount that we would gain from being forced to have conversations and and do puzzles and read books and do all this shit that we had to, you know, people had to do 50 years ago would all of a sudden come back.
1: I think, I think, yes, like uh, us not using the internet um, is good and, and all purges and breaks. A year's way too long. Um, why I say that is like, that's how people learn that's a big schooling effort all this stuff i instantly think of like i don't know i'm an engineer it all triggers like did you know the infrastructure issues we would have we lost our internet like we would be fucked on the grid there's so many things like but if it was just we stopped using it as a society and like let it serve its you know necessary purpose like thinking about going to libraries to do like book reports and like all these other details that we would have to do.
0: Yeah. Like that's, that's, and that's what I mean. Like not necessarily like, don't like, don't think about it as in like, Oh man, like my work life would be completely different. Like no question. It would be like satellite radio wouldn't work. Like I wouldn't even have a job. I just mean like hypothetically, like if we didn't have social media, if we didn't have all these things right at our fingertips, if we didn't have Netflix to consume or YouTube to, can you know, fill all, all of our time, how would we respond as people because we've just spent the last year doing something that we would have said the same thing you know two and a half years ago about like hey what would happen if you couldn't go into the office all these people would have been like oh we wouldn't be able to get anything done and the reality is is like actually it's kind of revolutionized how we do things
1: yes it has but i think that i'm just saying that like i don't know i don't think the internet should be looked at as this big negative thing? And I, I get what you're saying. A purge would be nice. Like I used to take a break from my cell phone for, I used to give it up for Lent. I was Catholic. And like, that was great. I think giving up certain things like that's great. I think people should just honestly go, go try it. But like, I don't think we would be, I think, yes, we'd be better off. But we'd adjust so much. We'd adjust back. I think it's, it's too much. It's yeah. too Much. That's where my stance is.
0: In a realistic standpoint, I think it, I agree with you. I think it would be way too much for us to try to actually figure out. But like, I think the amount of good that would come out of it from a societal standpoint, whether it's misinformation, stuff on social media and everything else, I think I think is worth at least the hypothetical exercise, because obviously the Internet's not going anywhere. But I, I think it's at least you know worth the conversation. Um, all right. That's all we got on the pod. Shout out to Vito. Shout out to Scotty. You guys have been phenomenal. We're so happy to have the crew back. Uh,
2: Go Giants tonight. Game, Giants. Five. Big game, game
0: five, game, game five. So not only do we have the Eagles playing on Thursday night, but we also have the Giants and Dodgers. So uh, on, on Tuesday's pod, you're either going to have a very happy Jeff and Scott or a very happy Jeff and a sad Scott or a very happy Scott and a sad Jeff. My my guess would be on the, on the ladder of all of that. So, um, again, shout out to everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, follow us on all of our social media at ReadOptionPod. Uh, You can follow me at Jeff underscore dimple and uh, we got more stuff coming for you, man. This was a great pod. We're excited to make more for you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Thursday night football, or at least for Eagles fans, which is a lot of listeners on this pod. I hope you enjoyed Thursday night football and uh, we'll be back with you. We'll be back uh, including uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Great weekend in college football. I think it'll be better than people think. And uh, I'll throw this out there as well. Uh, We're going to detail next week we're going to go into full detail about what my first penn state football game will look like what i'm going to wear what it's going to be like who i'm going to root for um and we're going to get into all that uh coming up here soon. so have a wonderful weekend we will talk to you guys on tuesday love you all thank you so much and we'll talk to you guys then soon and as always take it easy everybody